Amen. Isn't God just awesome? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, I, um, I made mention last week that we were delving in, and I'm encouraging all who would like to join in on a 21-day uh, fast. Um, and if you would like, you know, that looks, how that looks for different people, you know, the key is, is that we, we put aside something so that we can focus on the Lord, right? To get ourself aligned with His presence. I have some, if you're interested in Daniel fast, I have some forms up here. You'll just have to take the top two pages, and it talks about what a Daniel fast is. It has special notes, and then it tells you the exact foods that would be uh, included in a Daniel fast and also what uh, to be abstained from. So if you'd like to be a part of a Daniel fast, that is available for you. Um, you know, some people do different things. Uh, some people say, well, you know, uh, what is my biggest distraction is social media. And so they will do away with social media. Um, some will, you know, dis different things. You know what I'm saying? So the, the key factor is, is that you set aside something. And, and, and let me encourage you with this. It has to be sacrificial. Because the idea is that you know, well, I'm going to fast one meal a day, and if you already don't eat breakfast, that's your one meal a day, that's not fasting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's just doing what you always do when you call it a fast, right? Um, make it sacrificial. Make it something that, will, uh, that, you'll, that you'll know that you need to spend time with the Lord. And then don't just, um, don't just cause yourself to sacrifice for nothing. Make time for the Lord. Make time to spend in prayer. Make time to spend studying and being encouraged by God. Uh, let it be a truly transformational time uh, for you personally and for us corporately. Is that okay? Amen. Amen. Good to have uh, Brennan's wife with us, Christy. Glad you're here. Yeah. Uh, that's why he was behaving today. <laughs> and wasn't it great to see Sammy up there playing the drums today? Good to have the barbers with us, and so glad that they're getting connected. We're so thankful for you all. Um, God is so awesome. We're truly blessed to have such a great team of musicians and uh, singers to lead us in worship. And uh, so thank you so much for all that you do and all of your sacrifices. Thank you also uh, from myself and from the staff and leaders for all of the kindness that you show to us through cards and gifts and things through Christmas. You guys are such a blessing. I mean, really, we are overwhelmed by your love, and we truly love you and reciprocate that love. Come on, that's all right. We'll give you a hand. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. Well, praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles... Turn with me to 2 Chronicles. This is the year 2020, so let's look at 2 Chronicles 2020. Is that all right with you? 2 Chronicles 2020. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe that, bam, we're right here. It's like a new decade. I feel like I'm still 20. <laughs> Amy, don't get choked up now. I didn't say I look like I'm 20. I said I feel like I'm 20. 
<laughs> you too, Rona, don't you? Yeah, feel good too, right? Yeah. But it's hard to believe. I mean, just how time literally just seems to be skyrocketing, flying past. It's like, where did it go? I feel like I've just gotten used to writing 19 at the end of the first 20, you know? And now I'm like, oh gosh, how am I going to do this? I mean, should be easy, should be repetitive, right, Justin? Just 20, 20. Fairly easy to do. We can handle this. But wow! And, and you know, the 2019 for some was a great year. I mean, just absolutely miraculous. God opened doors. God transformed uh, your life. God uh, made provisions where you wondered how in the world provisions would happen. All these things God just blessed you with. And, and, and that's awesome. Praise God. Woo! Y'all can tell I'm excited today. <laughs> but not everybody had that experience. There were some who struggled, who lost a loved one, who, who had to go through some grieving and, or had to go through some struggles and, and found out things that you really didn't want to find out and, and are having to uh, grow through those things. But the great thing is, is that God allows us to be able to come to Him to have a reset. How many have an old computer that you've had to reset before, you know? Especially, you know, Windows. You get that thing on there and it's got the hourglass. And, you know, an hour later, like, still there. You're like, dude, is it ever going to update? Is it ever going to, you know, go away? And finally you just hit the button and you just hold it in. And the thing goes, Poosh, you know, shuts down. You're like, yeah. You turn it back on and, you know what I'm saying? All right. As you can tell, I'm an Apple fan. <laughs> but anyway, reset. Sometimes we just need a reset in life, right? We just need a, Lord, we need you to just sweep in, absolutely take over. Lord, have your way, have your will. You know, Lord, I've messed it up enough. Lord, I've made enough decisions that it's just, it's gone, you know, to pot. And Lord, how am I going to handle this? God, please help. Anybody ever been there before? You want to push that reset button? Well, that's kind of what's happened here in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. If you're with me, it says, And they rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat, or Jehoshaphat, stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. Verse 21 goes on and says, When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. And they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord for, he, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. If you were here last week, you heard an awesome message on worship, right? Um, Josh did a phenomenal job of sharing on the topic of worship and bro breaking down the word worship from the Hebrew and all the meanings of that. That was so powerful. And to think that here they are, when you look at Jehoshaphat right here in Second Chronicles, I mean, it says they rose early, and 
they're about to go out to battle. A, a lot has happened. The backstory we might get to in a minute, but a lot has happened. Um, he's made some, some bad decisions. He's aligned with uh, some people that he shouldn't have aligned himself with. And here he finds himself being attacked by uh, the armies. Uh, and, and, and so he's done something, and now God has spoken, and here they are. They're rising up. And he speaks this word to them. It says, trust Listen to me, old Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord. Come on. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. You know, what I realize is that we as a biblical people, we as the people of God, are facing all types of warfare right now. We can look at... You know, we can look at real warfare with militaries taking action in different places of the world, but we as Christians need to realize that we are under attack. Our faith is under attack in these days. There's, it's not talked about it, the media doesn't discuss it, but there's more Christian persecution going on right now than there's ever been in history. It's amazing. I mean, just over the last few weeks, a, a, a Christian pastor in China has been now imprisoned for his faith. And, and we could talk about the, the thousands upon thousands of Christians who have been killed in the Middle East because of their faith. And then we here in the United States are being bombarded with, with a, a, a movement against people who are, who are faithful to the Word of God because they're trying to discredit the Word of God and trying to uh, change our culture uh, because those who believe in the Word of God find themselves in a conservative mode, living out a biblical model, and the world doesn't like it. And so when I look at the Scripture, I see here them rising up. And I believe God is calling us as the people of God to rise up, not in our own abilities, not in our own might, and not in, in the warfare of taking up how many guns and armor we have, but it's not a battle of armor, it's a battle of faith. The first thing he said was, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. And, and when I think about that, I mean... I realize that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but made mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. It is a warfare, it is a weaponry that we have a relationship with God, and we are the weapons. We are the ones, the voice that is crying in the wilderness. We're the voice that's calling on God. We're the voice that's relating. It's the voice that, that can, brings connectivity, that brings unity in the body of Christ. We are the weapon of God in this world, but it's our faith that allows us to be overcomers. Amen. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, right? And so when we realize that it's not about having handguns and weapons that will win this war. It is about truly being sensitive and faithful to God and trusting in Him. It's a war of faith. I mean, when you think about it, without faith, can we truly be overcomers in Christ? Without faith, I mean... It's because of faith that we are able to, to be able to see change and transformation because faith is the catalyst of transformation and change. 
And it's what awakens our heart to see what, it, what, the possible, what is possible and what the provisions are that God gives us to be able to overcome. When we look at the word even closer, we see that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For those who come to God must believe that He is, or he, that He exists, and that He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. We've got to have faith. And the world wants to water down our faith and cause us to look inwardly into our own abilities and our own self and make us self-reliant. And, and, and therefore, when we become self-reliant, focusing in on our own abilities and our own wants and our own needs, then, then we lose sight of His plan. Amen? And that hurts because... Mm, I better... The reality is, is that our faith will be tested. When you look at 1 Corinthians, and guys, I don't think I gave you the scripture, but when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 11 through 15, you know, it's talking about, it says, For no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if anyone builds upon the foundation with gold and silver and precious stones and wood and hay and straw, and each man's works will become, will become evident, for the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which is, has been built upon it remains, it shall be rewarded. If any man's work is burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet it's through fire. I mean, our, our faith is not something that we just build on ourselves. We don't do, we, it's not that we can do anything to build a foundation for ourselves. Our foundation has already been built. Our foundation is Christ Jesus. Our foundation is found in Him and in and, and, and His wholeness. And look, when we begin to do things, so many, so many times we go, yes, God, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do that. And, and, and we, we get so zealous for God that we're all about doing things for God, and yet we've never sought his face. Oh, me. And then in the end we say, well, God, I'm doing this for you. Why don't you bless it? None of us have ever done that before. I'm, just, I'm, you know, I'm talking about the people down the street. And we, just, we get in that mode where we, 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 we're all about wanting to do something for God, and yet we have not spent the time seeking His face. For faith, well, I mean, even when we look at Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Let me tell you something right now. I look at, I look at the body of Christ, and, and I see that we are under a, a horrific warfare. I mean, the church that produced, or the church that was founded, or, or, or in part by John Wesley, the church that produced revivals throughout the world, the, the church that, that literally we're, that we find our roots in the Methodist church is literally splitting right now because it is under 
a demonic attack from the world to try to water down the word of God, to try to find a, a, a truth that's not truth because you can't read this word and believe that that is truth. And let me tell you something. I mean, you know, I love y'all. I'm Church of God to the core. I, 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 I'm, you know, but first and foremost, it's, it's about the kingdom. And if a denomination begins to go crazy, it's about the kingdom, y'all. We're going to follow Christ. We're going to follow the word of God. And I'm thankful for a denomination who has a fidelity to the word of God, who, who even this Sunday is considered our Statements of Faith Sunday because it is a promotion of what we believe. And, and I'm so thankful for a church that has a foundation in, in the word of God, who believes the word of God, who, who defines every action by the word of God. Because look, if it's not by the word of God, it's not by God. And everything that we, you know, we might get rhema words from God, we might get these, these revelations, but everything has to line up with the spoken word of God. And if it deters from the spoken word of God, it is not from God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So we have to get in a mindset for the Lord to increase our faith so that what we do, we do because God is leading us, God is directing us, God is confirming, God is, is revealing what He specifically wants for us to do. I mean, there's absolute clarity on things that we should do in the Word of God, right? There, there's no denying. We should love one another. you got to love me, brother. You don't have a choice. Right? We're to love God. Amen? We are to give to those who are in need. Amen. We are to make disciples. Right? These are things that, that are, you know, non-negotiable. These are things that God's word specifically say that we should do. And so we follow those things that God says. But, but then there's other things. And, and, and let me tell you something. I'm the world's worst because I get something in my mind. I'm like, I got to do this. 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 Anybody else like that? I get in my mind, you know, I need something. And man, by the, even if it's a want, by the time I get to talking to myself enough, I need it. Right? And I believe God knows that I need it. Right? I mean, everything that happens, I start thinking, Ooh, that's a sign from God. None of y'all like that, right? I mean, you know, I you know, I need a new iPhone every year. My wife kind of vetoes me. Poor thing. But she has a hard time with me. Yeah, mine too. And so, what, what I'm so thankful because if I let her know that I'm thinking about something, that's why I you know, have to hide some things, don't you? <laughs> if I let her know that I'm thinking about something, she says, look, 
It's kind of like the old saying, don't point a gun unless you're ready to fire it. She said, eh, don't, don't point that gun at that. Don't look that direction. Don't think about that. Because if you think about that too much, I know you. You'll be wanting to go buy it. You'll be looking at the pages. You'll be studying which one's the best model and which one's the best thing to buy. You'll be looking at the prices, and you'll find out where to buy them at, even if it's in Atlanta or Birmingham or wherever, and you'll go get it. Self. Self. We have to be careful not to allow ideas that we feel are good ideas. Look, let me tell you something. It's not just, you know, I'm being funny and talking about items of purchase, but, but even with our own life, we get into modes in our life where we, this has got to be what we've got to do. This has got to be what we've got to do. And we really need to truly lay at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, if it is your plan, because look, if I build it, if I take that step and say, this is what I'm going to do. This is God. I feel God's doing it. Look, let me tell you something. It will be tried by fire. Because ultimately the foundation is Jesus Christ. And whatever we build on that foundation, whether it be with beautiful gold or wood and hay, it will be tried by fire. And whatever stands, you'll be rewarded for. And whatever is burned up, just thank God you're hanging on to the foundation. And that itself gives you the salvation of Christ Jesus. But I want to know that what I'm building is not by my own hands and not by my own intellect and not by my own abilities and not by my own thought processes, but that God himself is building because when the fire falls, I want to know that I'm in his presence and sheltered by his love and know that his grace is with me and that he is the king of kings and lord of lords and he reigns in my life and he's been sovereign in every decision that it's made because it is his will and not my will. Amen. I mean, when you talk about faith, what is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen according to Hebrews chapter 1 and 1. When I think about that, faith is the substance. In other words, faith is concrete. It's not something abstract. It is something real. It is, there is truly something there. That God has. And, and, and the fact is, is if, if we are so self-consumed, we don't have room for the substance that God has to increase our faith. Ouch. And we get so full of, of what we want. Taking care of number one. Making sure everything is the way we want it. Is the air just right? Is the seats just comfortable? Is the colors perfect? Is the sound okay? We make sure everything we want, and if we don't get what we want, then we are in opposition with the plan of God or opposition with the environment that we're in. Amen? And sometimes we have to empty ourselves. And say, Lord... Forgive me. I mean, look, Jehoshaphat thought he was doing the right thing when he allied himself with Ahab. He thought that, that, that he was uh, going to do the right thing by bringing a greater protection, a greater alliance. But what he was doing, what he was 
he was aligning himself with wickedness. And though it seemed like the right thing to do because he was married to the, his daughter, doesn't make it right. So we have to be careful not to be so full of ourselves to make decisions based on our present circumstances and thinking that this has got to be the right thing because this is, this is just what makes sense. Because listen, let me tell you something. God doesn't always make sense to you. The plan of God doesn't always make sense. It's just, how many have ever been mind blown by God? It's like, whoa, how did you do that, God? How could that have happened? Because God is not limited to our abilities. He's not limited to our understanding. He is greater. He is more magnificent. He's almighty. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He can do what God wants to do. Amen? So we need to make room for the substance that God has for us. For faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is that very concrete thing that God can lay down in our life, the foundation, this, the subterranean uh, foundation that God lays in our life. And if we will just hold on to the foundation that God lays, he will build on that foundation and he will fulfill his plan. And the house that he builds, it won't be on sand. It won't be shifty and shaking and wondering if the rain falls, will it stand? But it will be on a solid rock, Christ Jesus, and it will stand the test of times and the fire of the world. It will stand for him. God, allow us to have faith that truly moves mountains. God, truly allow us to trust in you through every circumstance, through every situation, through every trial, through every joyous moment to know that you are in the driver's seat, God, and that you're in charge and you're in control and we're surrendered to you. God, you are the turning point. And if we'll just let you have your way, everything works out the way it should work out. Amen? Amen. Now look at the scripture and I see. It goes on and says that the appointed, let me tell you something, we need to put praise in its place in our life. Isn't that right, Josh? See, appointed. One thing I love is the fact that he consulted with the body. And, and, and out of that consultation, they then appointed the worshipers at the head. Let me tell you something. When people are in the right mind and they're truly seeking the face of God, there's an establishment that God makes within us. He begins to establish the people that need to be in the places they need to be. Amen? And he begins to put them in that place. And, and, and then the priority becomes to glorify God. Because everything we do needs to glorify God. Everything we do needs to honor his name. Because if it doesn't glorify God, why are we doing it? If it doesn't lift up the name of Jesus, if it doesn't bring people closer to God, why do we do it? Because everything has to follow the precept that God be glorified. Amen? 
And so I look at this, how did they come to this place? How did they get to this, this arising that morning and saying, I'm trusting God because God's going to fight this battle for me? We have to go back to verse 3 of chapter 20. Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he turned his attention to seek the Lord. And he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even, they even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Look, you don't arrive at that courageous faith moment just by waking up one morning. You don't arrive, look, I'd love to say that I'm in good shape, but I'm in pretty good shape for the shape I'm in. After these holidays, my, I'm more on the level than I've ever been because my bubble's in the middle. But the thing is, is someone who is trying to have a nice form doesn't just wake up one morning and they got a nice form. You know, I, I, Facebook has so many false advertisements. Take this pill and it will cause all your fat to roll off of you. If that worked, I mean, really? If that worked, wouldn't we all just be just so fit and trim and wow? They have these hair growth things. If you'll just take this, your hair will grow back and be so thick and pretty. Yeah, right. All of us bald men would be full of heads of locks of hair, would have it grown down like Jesus. <laughs> but if we really want to grow our faith, if we really want to grow our bodies to make ourselves look strong and fit and have that six-pack abs instead of the keg that we got, we have to work out. It takes exercise. If you're like me, you heard me say this, you know, I burn out the first day because I feel like I can do it the first day. I'm doing them crunches and the next morning I woke up, oh, I can't even move. I'm like, maybe next year. But it takes work. It takes effort. It takes spending time in a gym or doing your PX95s or 24s or whatever. Your Pilates and everything else. It doesn't happen like that. The same with our faith. It takes time to grow faith. Now we understand that God has given to every man a measure of faith. We have received faith. It's not something that, that we build ourselves or that we 
create ourselves or that we just conjure up ourselves. It is a God-given gift, but that faith only grows through relationship. It only grows through building that faith, and we build each other up on our most holy faith as we pray in the Holy Spirit. It is a process of building up something that we grow in strength, and so when that great big attack and monster of the world comes at us, we can stand and say, I know my Redeemer lives. I know that I'm bought with a price. I know that I'm a son of the King of kings and Lord of lords. I know that I can make it because he's my Lord. Amen. Amen. It will take that kind of faith to be able to overcome the onslaught and the attack of this world in this day and this hour. Because the world will fight us tooth and nail to the very end. It's time for us to get some neology and begin to pray like we've never prayed and seek God like we've never sought and to fast like we've never fasted because we live in a time where the kingdom of God needs to be advanced and we are the frontline warriors. Are we ready for the battle? Amen. I will tell you, what did he do? It wasn't, it wasn't the absence of fear. Because Jehoshaphat said, he's, dude, I'm afraid. That's in PDV, you know, Paul Diversion. Dude, I'm afraid. I mean, he was like, what? These armies are coming? It's all right, we're going to have lunch. But in his fear... Is when faith showed up. In his fear, faith was actualized. Because, let me tell you something. People that say, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. Dude, if you walk around snotty and green stuff coming out your nose, you sick. I mean, if you cough, and, 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 dude, faith is not denying reality. Faith's not saying, oh, there's a thousand dollars in the bank account, there's a thousand dollars in the bank account, there's a thousand. Look, you can say it a thousand times, and if you haven't deposited anything, there's nothing in the account. Because faith without works is dead. There has to be an action. There has to be something behind it. So in the midst of fear, in the midst of low funds, in the midst of whatever it is you might find yourself this year, it is an opportunity for your faith to grow. It's an opportunity to see you being honed and God slimming you down from the things that would so easily overcome and beset you from truly walking in the righteousness of God, truly walking in the favor of God. And so therefore, we need to, in the process of fear, in the journey that we're in, turn and seek the Lord. We've got to pray. Jesus didn't say in, Mar in Matthew chapter 6, if you pray, Right? When? When you pray. It was an assumption. If you look at Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, these are a, a diagram of what Christ 
felt like we should do, right? So it was, a, it was not something that he was suggesting us do. It was a when you pray. Not only that, when you look at Matthew chapter 6, it was also when you give, when you pray, when you fast. Yep, that's that four-letter word. It wasn't if you give, if you pray, if you fast, when. And so what Jehoshaphat did was he did the exact thing that we can do to see a transformation in our life, in our family, in our job, in our home, with our relatives. If we, in the midst of our chaos, will turn and pray Sounds like Second Chronicles, right? Chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I heal their lands. We need to seek the Lord. Why, did the, why were they able to, to rise up in verse 20 of chapter 20 and say, God's got this because they spent time seeking the face of God. They spent time fasting. Let me tell you something. Fasting is not for you to get God's attention so that he will do what you want him to do. Some people believe that. But fasting is to align ourselves to what God wants to do in us. And so when we fast, we're saying, God, I'm relinquishing myself of me. And I'm saying, God, what is your will? What is your direction? What is your plan? I mean, if you look at even, I think it's verse 12, Jehoshaphat even said, he said, look, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Guys, we need to get to the place where we can say, Lord, I don't know what to do, but trust you. I don't have the answers, God. We'll say, well, Pastor, I mean, I've got a good plan. Look. We all have been around the block a few times, and yes, we have plans. How's that looking for you? The thing is, is that, is it God's plan, or is it your plan? What are you laying out this year for God to do in your life? What are you asking God for? How about saying, Lord, I'm tired of asking Every New Year's, I make these resolutions and I, I, I never fulfill them. How about just spending 21 days to say, Lord, I'm relinquishing myself of me and I'm seeking your face so that you can truly direct my path, so that you can be the one who's illuminating the steps that I'm supposed to take. And Lord, whatever that looks like, I will follow you. Whatever that means, 
I will be obedient. Then we have a resolution that truly will be transform, transformative, not just for you, but for everyone you come in contact with. We need Jesus. Amen? We need Jesus. Look, prayer's not a protocol. Somebody come play me some land and music. Prayer's not a protocol. I mean, we, we, we think we got to get down. I think that's the reason so many people don't want to pray. Well, how am I supposed to pray? You know, thouest, fatherest above. You know, we, we get this mindset that this is, there's this protocol that you have to pray. And the reality is, is that God's invited us to come into his presence. Now, look, I struggle with being irreverent. I'm just being real. Is that all right? I struggle with irreverence because I'm not walking into just, what's up, Daddy-O? I mean, look, if you feel like you got that relationship, that's between you and God. But I recognize that this is not just Father God. This is the creator of heavens and earth. This is the author of my faith. This is the one who created me in my mother's womb. This is God. Whoa. And so when I come into his presence, yes, I'm invited. Yes, I don't go in fear of, oh God, what are you going to do to me now? I go in with confidence knowing that he loves me. He wants me in his presence. He wants to reveal himself to me. But I go in with a humility knowing that it's only by his grace that I'm able to walk into that presence. It's not by anything that I have accomplished. It's not by anything that I am worthy of. Because it is only by his covering blood on Calvary that I'm even an inkling of righteousness to stand in his presence. And so I come because of his gracious love. But I know that if I get into the presence of God, that every circumstance that I've been struggling with, every worry that I've had, begins to just relinquish itself. Because the author who is, who is there to script my life gives me a new perspective on everything that's happening to me. And I'm able to, as one word says, that I count it all joy when I fall into different kinds of trials. You can't do that. If you're not walking in the presence of God, you can't handle the testings of this world if, if God's not revealing you the path that you're walking on. And you say, oh, thank you, God. Because that's been a hindrance for me for a long time. Even though I've loved it and I've clung to it, and man, I want it. Thank you, God, that this trial is causing some things to fall off of me. 
And though it hurts, my perspective is different. Because I'm going to rise up the next day. And I'm going to know that I know that I know that I know that I can trust God. And I can trust the prophets who've shared His Word with me. And I can worship in all these trials, all these conquering armies that are surrounding me that I've been worried about and struggling if I'm going to be able to make it. All of them start having ambushments against each other and they fail. And I don't even have to draw a sword. I just look out and say, you did that, God. You did it. We need to pray. We need to fast. We need to be united together. Look, you, I need you. I need you. It's not a matter of I want you. I do. But I need you. And the reality is, is that as much as the enemies try to separate us and say, we, you don't need them, we all need each other. I mean, look, when you're sick, we're here to pray for each other. Now look, if you stay home and don't tell anybody, that's your own fault. But the reality is, is, if we will truly engage ourselves with one another, we can lift up each other's hands when we're struggling and say, man, we, I got you. We're on the same team. We're partners. Ruth, we're partners in this. Man, I, I just wish that we could sit down one day and just hear the stories of what you have seen God do. Man, 94, is that right? 94 years of seeing God move. Wow. My prayer for us is that we make prayer a priority in 2020. That we truly bathe everything we do from our outreach ministry from ushering youth, children, music security, whatever we do that we bathe everything we do in prayer and we ask God is this what you want is the is the, the music is the methods that we use is it what you want and Lord, if it's not, then you reveal that to us. And Lord, show us the plan to reach Blunt County for the kingdom of God and for the glory of God. Show us our part. Lord, thank you for all of the churches that, in, that are around us. Thank you, God, for Baptists, for Methodists, for, for Church of God, for Pentecostal, for non-denominationals for Episcopals and all those thank you God but Lord what is 
Alcoa Maryville Church of God's part in this county? Is it just to... No. Let me tell you something. If we're just gathering, as a gathering, you might as well sing the song, I'm a member of a country club. Because that is not what God's called us to be. And as much as I love to eat, and we'll keep on eating, we are filled to reach out. We've been blessed to bless others. We've been given to to be able to give. This year, may God clearly allow us to arise to trust Him and see the battle won through prayer, through fasting, through unity of the body of Christ. May God make it happen because everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs Jesus. How many say, Pastor, I'm committed this year. I want to commit myself this year. I'm committed. Just stand where you are right now. Would you just raise your hands with me? If you're not from a background who's accustomed to raising your hands, raising your hands is a sign of surrender to say, Lord, I surrender it all to you. Whatever it is, whatever trial, whatever joy, whatever thing that you're facing. But ultimately, it's a sign to say, Lord, I give you my life. Mold me, shape me, use me, direct me. Lord, right now, Father, we thank you that you are the King of glory. We thank you, Jesus, that, Lord, you have brought a stirring and a hunger within our midst. Thank you, God, for people who are truly desiring to seek your face, truly wanting to be molded by you, shaped by your perfect plan and will for their lives. And I pray that this year will be a moment where we are truly transformed, where we truly experience a revival that we've never experienced before. That it's not just a series of services. It's not just a, a, a moment in time. But God, it is something that sparks a flame with us. That sets us on fire for the kingdom of God. And Lord, that it just runs through our homes and through our workplaces and through our schools. And everywhere we go that we see God moving. We see your hand of mercy working not only through us but around us through others. God, let faith arise in us. And Lord, let the enemy of this world be scattered. God, we thank you for who you are, for what you do, for what you're doing in us. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for your kingdom plan in us. And we believe in you, and we trust in you. God, empty us out so that we may be filled with the substance of your plan. 
In Jesus' name, amen.